Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the Kingdom of Heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, welcome back. Good to be with you. You know, today we're going to dig deep. I'm going to share a few personal things with you. Um, But we're going to talk about handling pain. We're going to talk about handling disappointment with God. And this is a topic that I find that we're circling around to periodically because the last couple years have held a tremendous amount of pain for many people. And that pain stretches the gamut. Okay. It goes from the, um, the loss of spouses to the loss of children, the loss of job the loss of security in various areas, um, questioning who God is. And what happens is as we as we walk through these difficult seasons, um, it often seems like the questions multiply, you know, like the questions for God. And if you're anything like me, you get really, really annoyed at like the the cliche theological answers, you know, and just some of the insensitivity that people have. And, you know, I just want to start out by saying there's times when it's okay to say, we just don't know. All we know is that God is ultimately good. You know, I know that God is ultimately good. That's going to be my stance. And so, um, but you see, as, and, and, you know, there's different levels of pain and grief and all that. And we're not going to go in into that. What I am going to say though, is that how you handle the the what we might classify as little pain or or maybe as we look back we're like well yeah in the grand scheme of things that's not that big of a deal how we handle those things is actually building a foundation on which we handle the big disappointments the the bigger you know areas of grief and pain and god questions that we encounter as we go through life so don't even discount the little things i've had people say to me well what i'm going through is nothing compared to what so and so is going through well okay but i mean if you want to weigh things out that's kind of discounting your own pain but the thing is is how you're responding in that moment um, it does does build a momentum or a history of how you view God, how you're going to respond to God, how you're going to handle the really difficult seasons. So, um, so what do we do when these when these big moments invade our lives, and you know how how do we handle them or the bigger moments? Let me put it that way. So, a dear friend of mine recently passed away, and. Um, there've been a lot of prophetic words spoken over her life, all words of life. Okay. All, all words, even to the point of, you know, a, a prophet saying to her, I don't see any death over you at all. Um, but you know, she, she'd heard a lot of words of destiny in life, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful words. And she, she loved the Lord, fully loved the Lord. She, she fought to live, wanted to live. Um, she hung on to life knowing that God could heal her. And, she hung on even stronger to her face, knowing that no matter what, she would be okay. And, um, you know, recently as I attended her, her funeral service, of course, there's disappointment, um, there's grief, there's all these various things that family and friends are going through. And yet, at the very basis of it, we have to come to grips with the fact that God holds our very number of days in the palm of his hands, you know, and And that's one of the mysteries, you know, 
we we do in in our in this body okay in our human physical body we see death as a loss you know in this case she died of cancer so we also see like a battle loss to a disease that you know we pray gets eradicated from the face of the earth and um you know and and honestly you know as we see death as a defeat um you know, it is true. Let me just put this out there. I'm going to step on toes all over the place today. And I'm still processing all this myself. But, you know, there's times when we don't, we don't see the healing. And yeah, maybe there's times when we didn't contend or we didn't, but ultimately is God in charge is does he hold the number of days in the palm of his hands? I mean, those are all those are all questions, because there's there's times also, when we just contend and contend and contend and he says, no, like, it's not that we didn't do something. You know, honestly, we're not quite that powerful. Ultimately the, the decision is up to him and we make a choice massively, like intentionally make a choice to trust him, whether it goes, the situation goes the way we want it to, or whether it doesn't whether the words that we believe were heard spoken ha- come to pass or they don't, we still come back to the basis, to the rock solid foundation that God is good all the time. You know, it's, it's funny because we say that in our services, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And then we hit the wall. We, we hit the valley of the shadow of death. We, we, you know, hit this season where we don't understand and it's almost like we subconsciously change the words to God is good some of the time. God is good except in this situation. And I want to challenge us because if you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, the words might come out of your mouth. Like you could be with somebody and yo, oh, here's yo, here's where I'm at. But but God's good. God's good. But inside you're going, no, you're not. No, you're not. Or this never would have happened. No, you're you're not really good. Or this person wouldn't have died or, you know, this, whatever the situation is, this job wouldn't have been lost. We wouldn't have lost our home. You're not really good. You're, you're our, you're our provider. You're our healer. Where's that provision? Where's that healing? And so, um, you know, I, I, you know, with, with my friend, honestly, you know, I, I was processing some of this. I took some time after the funeral and, and I just went off by myself for a while and, um, part of the reason for that is because I, I I'm going to be really vulnerable with you guys here. Um, I had had a vision. Oh my, man, just shortly before um, she called me to tell me that that things had changed in hours, like with her condition, and she was going to be put in hospice. Actually, she was put in hospice immediately, and and um, but right before that, I'd had this really vivid vision of her just leading worship and worshiping. I mean, it was powerful, so powerful, so real, so vivid that I almost, I almost called her to see when I could bring her into lead worship for me again, because it, it was that, it was that powerful. And I took it immediately. You know, I knew the words that had been spoken over my friend and I knew what was being contended for. I also knew the real, the real, the earthly reality of her diagnosis, but that never stops God. Okay. And so, you know, I immediately took it. She was going to be healed like that. That's where I was at. Okay. She's going to be healed. So after her funeral, and when I took that time, I'm like, 
you know, God, I'm going to trust you. I, I just, I, whatever, how much of this I understand and how much of I don't. I, I realize that you hold the number of days, our days in our hands, your hands. And, and I'm making a choice right now, no matter what, I'm going to trust you. No matter what, I'm going to declare your glory, no matter what, you know, and, and I understand that there's mysteries in all of this, but I said, you know, this vision kind of has me a little confused. And, uh, and the Lord said to me, he goes, Ruth, he goes, when you saw that, did you ever stop to ask for context? Did you ever lean back into me and say, what are you showing me? Was it was such, you know, sometimes God, it's like he, he wraps his arms around us and says, let me take you deeper. There was no shame. There was no condemnation. And a good grief, I teach this stuff like I teach step back and ask the Lord for further clarification, you know, and I didn't do that. I just took by what my heart wanted, what I believed was going to happen, what I knew could happen, absolutely could happen. And I never stepped back and asked God. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't ask because the truth is my friend is worshiping in heaven like she's never worshiped before. And I was like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. So anyways, one of the things that I wanted to share with you, because this really impacted me too, is during her service, uh, Dr. Bishop Garlington, Joseph Garlington, did the eulogy. And um, I want to share a little bit of that. I, I just want to make sure I give credit where credit's due, like the the, pat, the scripture passage and, and this question come from him. But I've, t I've taken a lot of time and spent with the Lord on this. So I just want to share with you a few things Um you know, that just really, really caught my attention. Okay. So in, in second Samuel, we have Nathan coming to David because David had just blowing it. He wasn't to war when he should be to war. Instead, he gets into bed with Bathsheba and, you know, and she gets pregnant and then he has her husband killed. And, you know, it's just, it, it's really a low point in David's life. I mean, it is a point where he's not, he's not walking in wisdom. Okay. He's definitely walking in the flesh and all those areas. Um, he is so not walking in, you know, with the Holy Spirit, he's not listening to the Lord. And, uh, so if we pick up in, in second Samuel, oh, um, and so what happens as a result of this, Nathan, a prophet is sent to confront David, um, tells him a story. David gets, I write at the story and is like, well, that person should be da, 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 da. And Nathan says, well, that's you, David, you know, that's you. Boom. There we go. And so the word of the Lord had said that this child that had been conceived between David and Bathsheba would die. And so we pick up into, in 2 Samuel 12, verse 16. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. David, therefore, appealed to God for the child to be healed. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. The elders of his household stood by him in the night to lift him up from the ground, but he was unwilling to get up and would not eat any food with them. Then it happened on the seventh day that the child died. David's servants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, while the child was still alive, we spoke to him, and he would not listen to our voices. How can we tell him that the child is dead, since he might harm himself or us? So one of the questions that, that Bishop Garlington asked, and this is, this is what really caught my attention, his question was, were those seven days wasted? 
Okay. So the question, if we, if we personalize that, when you've contended for healing, when you've really cried out to God for provision, when you've taken time and yet the end result is not what you contended for, has that time been wasted? Was that time wasted? You know, David, in, in those seven days, he appealed to God. He fasted. He humbled himself. He, he laid all night on the ground. And he was unwilling to get up. Like he was as low and as low and, as he could go. He's so humbled before God. Of course, some people will kind of say, well, this was grief. And yeah, it was. That that was mixed in there too. Some could even say it was fear. And I'm sure fear was hanging around. Some would say it was love. You know, it, it was David's love for the child combined with his belief that God could relent and change his mind. And because of all of that, David was taking extreme action, extreme action. Remember, David was a worshiper. David knew the voice of God. This was the same David who had killed a giant with a rock. This was the same David that Samuel had anointed as king. David knew the voice of God. He knew the heart of God. He would see things like, like knowing that God could heal. We, we see God move in the Old Testament, but how much more in the New Testament? You see, but he's, he's on the Old Testament side of the cross. But the question comes back, that time of contending, of pressing in, of asking God, of getting low before God. Were, were they wasted? I'm going to say no. No. Time with God in any situation is never wasted. You know, some, some people would say, well, I, I shouldn't. Why did I even fast? Why did I even pray? Why, why did I take that time? And, and this might sound harsh, but when we do that, it's almost like the little child throwing a temper tantrum because they didn't get their way. The time's not wasted. Time with God is never wasted. So we can't afford to just throw up our hands in the air and say, oh, well, it's over. The prayers don't matter. The fasting doesn't matter. The laying in sackcloth and ashes doesn't matter. I should have just, when, when the prophet came with the word, you know, this is David, the prophet came with the word. I should have just said, oh, well, this is over. But you see, David had a relationship with God. So he was willing to press in. He was willing to keep going for it. And like I said, even more than David, we live on the other side of the cross. David understood that God is a God of miracles. How much more should we understand that? How much more should we be pressing in for that, knowing that Jesus said we're going to do the same things and even greater things, knowing that healing flows from the very throne room of heaven, but also knowing that God, there's, there's mystery with God. There's, there's things that we don't understand. There's components that we have yet to grasp. There's things from heaven that we have yet to learn to appropriate and bring onto earth. And yet so often we give the questions and the doubts a louder voice than we give the promises of God. You see, David, things didn't go the way he wanted. That was for sure. He was going to have to bury this little baby. 
But you see, this is the moment where David shines because he didn't wallow in the moment. And he didn't even wallow in his disappointment with God. Oh, he was still grieving. He was carrying grief. Don't, don't think that that wasn't there. He was human, okay? He still had to walk through grief. But verse 19 says, but when David saw his servants were whispering to one another, he realized that the child was dead. So David said to them, is the child dead? And they said, he's dead. Remember, the servants were afraid to tell him because they were afraid he would hurt himself or them. But instead, David gave a totally different reaction. Listen to this, verse 20. Then David got up from the ground. He washed, he anointed himself with oil, changed his clothes, went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he came back to his own house. And when he asked, they set up food before him and he ate. So the first thing Bishop Garlington said, the first question that got me was, was that time wasted? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. The second thing he said, as he stood on that platform full of love, also carrying the, the authority of the kingdom of heaven. He said, some of you guys, you need to do what David did. You need to get up off the floor and worship. And I went, wow, what a word for this season. Having gone through the pandemic, having gone through COVID, okay, having loss after loss after loss in various areas of our lives. Some of some people are still laying on the floor when it's time to get up and worship. And and this really caught me. I went back and I was looking at it. And I'm like, what did David do when he got up? He didn't go before the Lord in the smell from the seven days. He didn't go before the Lord in the sackcloth and ashes. In other words, in the dress of mourning. Okay, he didn't go with how he had been on the floor. He got up and he washed. He washed the mourning off him. It doesn't mean he wasn't grieving. He washed the disappointment off him. He washed that which had laying on him on the floor. He washed that off and even fear. Okay. He washed it off. He anointed himself. He changed his clothes. In other words, he put back on his priestly garments. Or I'm sorry, his kingly garments. He put back on his kingly garments. And he went into the house of the Lord to worship. How are you dressed? Even in a season of grief, of mourning, how are you dressed? Are you still wearing the sackcloth and the ashes and laying on the floor? Or have you, remember, we're called, in the New Testament, we're called priests and kings. Have you put back on your priestly garments, your kingly garments, and gone into the house of the Lord to worship in the midst? of the grief, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the questions, in the midst of the mysteries. Have you washed? Changed your clothes? Aligned with the word of God? Anointed yourself with oil? I guess one thing you could say is, you know, when, when it says he it he changed his clothing, okay, literally you could say he put on 
he intentionally put on the garment of praise. He changed and stepped into a time of worship. Now, let me say our culture doesn't understand this. Many in the church don't even understand this. Um, and we go and do this and they're going to say you're in denial. Okay, you what are, we, what are you doing? You should still be in the sackcloth and the ashes and, and you should be mourning. And, and you should be walking around with your head hung, uh, hanging down. You know, and, and that's basically the response of David's servants. In verse 21, a servant said to him, what is this thing you have done? While the child was alive, you fasted and you wept. But when the child died, you got up and you ate food. Verse 22, and David said, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept for I thought, who knows? The Lord might be gracious to me and this child may live. But now he's dead. Why should I continue to fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him when I die, but he won't return to me. What really struck me is when things didn't go David's way. Yep, he, he asked, he pleaded. He spent time with the Lord, absolutely. But when God said no, he got up, washed, changed his garment, and took a stance of praise, took a stance of worship. And that's what, like I said, back to what, what um, Bishop Garlington had said, were those seven days that he laid on the floor and contended for the child's life wasted? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, because time we spend with God is never wasted, number one. So if if you're believing anything else, like I contended, I contended, I contended, um, I quoted scripture, I you know called together others to pray. If you're believing that that was, was for nothing because you didn't see the outcome you wanted, that actually is a lie from the pit of hell. Because that time that you spent with God leaning on him and trusting him and standing on his word, there's value you'll see at some point. Right now it's a mystery. You don't fully understand it. But but there's, do not ever think that that time wasn't worth it. And then the second thing is, if you're still laying on that floor, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. Child of God, it's time to get up and to wash, and to put on the garment of praise, and to enter into the house of the Lord, and allow him to bring healing into the very core of your being. Let's pray. So Heavenly Father, for those who have been on the floor, <laughs> I just speak the, spring, the strength into you right now to get up. I command you in the name of Jesus to get up. I, I, I encourage you. I implore you to step back into the role that you carry, priests and kings for the kingdom of heaven, to step back into that role, to put on the correct garments again. And to just let go of the demand for the answers. Lord, we, we take that and we place it before you. We ask your forgiveness for, for demanding to be judge and jury. 
And Lord, we just say we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. So, Father, we get up and we wash and we change and we we anoint ourselves and we step into your presence because of you, you are. We just look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, um, I really feel that there's a, a few of you listening right now that you, you actually, like, you've been, you know who you are. You've been, like, wallowing in the disappointment and the pain. And um, I I really feel like you might need to just take a prophetic act and like go get a shower, go get a bath, put on some, you know, guys put on some cologne, ladies put on some perfume, um, you know, put on that worship, crank it up, crank it up and actually begin to dance. Just begin to dance. As you worship, just, just throw your hands up in the air, begin to dance around. Because he's still worthy. He's still worthy. And you know, this side of heaven, we don't know how glorious the other side is. It's, um, yeah, I've, I've heard a couple stories of people who, uh, who have prayed for somebody to come back to life and, and the person did. You know, and the person was really upset with them because they were pulled out of the presence of Jesus. I know in one of those cases, uh, 16 years went by and the person died and their spouse said, I, I didn't, I didn't dare pray over them because they would have been so angry had the Lord like, like they're like, it's not all about them again. God numbers our days, but, but there's certain things like God gives us glimpses into the mysteries of heaven. And uh, we, we only understand a little bit, but it, it's just that we have so much to learn. We have so much to learn, but time spent with the Lord is never wasted even if you don't get the response you want. It's never wasted. And it's time to get up off the floor, get cleaned up, and take your rightful position again. All right. I really want to encourage you to share this one today. Um, I know this has been a little bit of a harder one, but I really think it's a now word. Um, we, we have to... We have to bride of Christ. Okay. Sons and daughters of the most high God. You have to get up off the floor. You have to get up off the floor. You have to. You see in the kingdom of God, you're not down for the count. You bounce back because of who God is. You wash yourself and you take your position again. It's time. Get up. All right. Visit the website. Thanks for joining me today. Website's RuthHendrickson.com. Um, all sorts of resources on there. So just check it out when you get a chance. Again, ruthhendrickson.com. Please share this, comment, encourage each other, build each other up, strengthen each other in the Lord as you get up and uh, put on those priestly and kingly garments again as you go into worship. All right, have a great day. Be so blessed. And remember, you, my friend, are here for such a time as this. 
Hey, everyone, before you go, I want to make you aware of something. This is for our ladies. We have an annual Pastors Leaders Retreat. It is October 10th to 13th. 2022. It is in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And this is a time really designed for leaders, those who are always taking others on the retreat and ministering to everyone else and don't get a chance to get away themselves. This is for you. You will have time with God. You're going to get some great teaching gear just for those in high level leadership. You're going to build relationship with other leaders and so it's just really a powerful time to get away, to take some time apart, to grow in the Lord, to get your vessel filled up so that you can continue to pour into others. So again, the dates are October 10 to 13, and you can find all the information on my website. So if you just go to ruthhendrickson.com, go under events, you will see this retreat. Space is limited. We keep it very, very small because we want that intimate, safe personal connection. So we have a few spaces left. So I wanted to let you know, again, the dates are October 10 to 13th. It's in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And you can find all the information on the website, ruthhendrickson.com under events, look for time apart. And I hope to see some of you guys there. Have a great day and God bless. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.